If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. and welcome once again to another episode of Vacation Rental Success and I'm delighted to be here again talking with you and bringing you yet another great interview. Before we go into it, I just want to just want to say a word about um, predictions because as we are approaching 2016, I keep getting these um these emails and phone calls and and People saying, well, look, I want your predictions. What's the vacation rental industry going to be doing in 2016? And, you know, I don't have a, and I never have offered any predictions. It's just one of these fillers for blog posts. Everybody gets out there and say, yeah, this is what I'm going to be doing. This is what I think the industry is going to do in 2016. You read it, you totally forget about it, might make a comment. But really, I mean, to me, it means absolutely. I am avoiding any predictions for 2016 except one and I know that next year as in every other year there will be another slew of apps and software and resources coming onto the market to help out owners and hosts whatever you like to call yourself there's going to be more software and more apps and more resources which is great on one hand and on the other you've got a ton of stuff to sort through to decide what's best for you. Something that Mike and I are going to bring you in uh, in the new year is some comparisons. We're going to be having a look at some products, some doing some demos and some trials and bringing you what we feel is good and what is perhaps something to be avoided. And there's, there's a lot of them out there. You know, I know I went to the, the Verma uh, conference in New Orleans in October, as you know, and there were so many suppliers there, so many suppliers of reservation management systems. I mean, I'm so glad we actually decided which one we were going to have for our business because it just seems that every year there's more and more of them on the market. Yeah, there's going to be a lot more resources coming. And my interview today with Smart Host, they, they were new on the market just 15 months ago. So we're going to hear about that and hear about what dynamic pricing is all about. And just a quick word on that. I've gone for years not really knowing what a lot of these things meant. I, I went for a long time not knowing what OTA meant. You know, Everybody was at these conferences talking about OTAs and I didn't have a clue what, what one was. Now, of course, I know it's an online travel agency and I think, well, this is stupid. I could have said, I could have said to somebody, I don't know what that acronym is, is. What, what does it stand for? But I didn't. Um, same went for channel distribution. It, you know, I, I remember going to San Antonio years ago to a conference and everybody was talking about channel distribution and the switch. And I sat there and nodded sagely, played it looking like I knew what they were talking about, but quite honestly, I didn't. And then there's revenue management and, and there's, there's a ton of other things. Something else that, we're, that I'm going to be bringing you next year when we launch our new site is a dictionary of, of all the terms that, 
that we hear in this industry so that nobody's ever in the position that I've been in in the past, being slightly embarrassed about an acronym or an expression. So on that topic, we're talking dynamic pricing because I really don't know what that's about. So I wanted to, uh, having talked to Evan and, and his team, Nick and Dave, bunch of great guys, and I really wanted to find out more about uh, Smart Host, what dynamic pricing is, and what it means for us. So without further ado, let's go on over to the interview. Well, it's a great pleasure to have with me today Evan Hammer of Smart Host. Hi, Evan. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Good morning, Heather. Good morning. So uh, we are. you are talking to me from where? So I'm, right now, I'm in our office in Brooklyn, New York. Okay. How's, how's your weather? You haven't had any snow yet, have you? No, I was at a wedding in New Hampshire, and I saw some snow, but I don't think I've seen snow in New York proper. Oh. But the weather's been glorious. It's been really gorgeous almost every day for the last few weeks. We've been very, very fortunate. I, it's been amazing here, up here in Ontario, too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, is this a uh, – uh, the car, definitely the calm before the storm, I'm quite sure. Definitely. Winter is coming. Well, I just hope it's a little bit better up in your area than it was last year. I know they had it so, so badly in Boston. But uh, yeah, fing- fingers crossed for a, a marginally milder winter this year. So, uh, Evan, thank you so much for, for joining me. It was, it was fantastic to meet your team in, uh, in New Orleans uh, at the VRMA conference uh, last month. It was last month. Yes, and, uh, and to, yeah, and to hear a little bit more about Smart Host, and and I hear about you, you guys, your team from Matt Lando all the time. He thinks very, very highly of you all. So he's a gem. He's a really, really great guy. <laughs> I really uh, admire what he's doing. Yeah, absolutely. So that that's just one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on here to talk about your company, the concept, and the. Yeah, the concept of dynamic pricing, because mm-hmm. that, that's something we hear all the time. And I am throwing my hands in the air and saying, I really don't understand it. So I want to explore what this is all about, what it can do for owners, what it can do for managers. But I want to kick off with, um, as I always do, with asking, you know, what are you doing in this business? Where did you get to where you are now? Sure. So, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to talking about pricing and and I make managers and owners more money. Uh, but our, our story, Smart Host story, is there are three business partners, myself, uh, Evan, uh, a gentleman named Nick, and a guy named Dave, that founded the company about a year and a half ago. And at the time, I was living in Brooklyn, uh, actually working on an outsourcing company. And I had said, you know, enough startups, enough starting businesses for now. I'm a software engineer. I'm just going to leave New York and, and code uh, remotely for a few months and just kind of clear my head. And the first thing I did was this bus trip coding competition from New York to Texas where you got on a bus for three days. It's called Startup Bus. And 30 people on the bus, you get up there, you introduce yourself. I said, hello, my name is Evan Hammer, I'm a software engineer. This is something I'd like to work on. And you put together a team. So we had a, a five-person team on a bus from New York to te- Texas. And we came up with a name for Smart Host uh, that we wanted to help people uh, price their uh, homes and apartments better. And three days later, you get down to Austin right before uh, South by Southwest, 
And there were actually six other buses full of teams doing this too. So there's one coming from Mexico City, one from San Francisco, one from Florida. And all these people compete for two days. And you end up showing what you've built in three days on a bus and pitching your idea and, and, and speaking to why it's a big business. And we ended up winning the competition, got back to New York, and three of the five of us decided to start working on this full time. So oddly enough, we then got into this mentorship program called Techstars and moved down to Texas for that for the summer. And I remember I was on the phone with my mom maybe the week after I got down there. And she's like, Evan, you know, this is kind of crazy what you're doing it. And I'm like, what's, what's so crazy? She's like, well, you met two other guys on a bus, right? Then you all quit your jobs, moved down to Texas, took on outside investment, and you're living in a house together. That's a crazy thing to do. And I was like, you know, when you, when you put it like that, <laughs> it really sounds a little nuts. Um, so that's how we got started with Smart Host. I think the, the initial why was that, you know, it, we resonated with the idea that it would be hard to figure out the pricing for your apartment if you were putting it on, on like Airbnb in a city. You know, kind of a limited idea. And none of us came from a vacation rental background. So we started this business kind of uh, ignorantly in a certain sense. And the one thing we said was we are coming from a place of ignorance and we, we really can't let that blind us. So let's learn as much as we can. Let's talk to as many people as we can. And very soon we realized that uh, management companies were a really great partner for us because they understand their local markets really well and they have a lot of uh, local knowledge that we can use uh, to price, price better because understanding that local uh, dynamic is really important. Uh, we also you know, learned that obviously there are, there are owners and, and other folks all over the world who are, are doing this uh, for their own apartment, for a, a vacation home. Right? There's a, a, lot of, a lot of folks doing this, a lot of excitement in the industry right now. So we decided to focus on management companies up front and we had a lot to learn. And I think we've been very fortunate to have some great uh, partners along the way to, to teach us about the industry. Uh, ben Edwards, who's the, the president of the Vacational Managers Association, he started helping us out very early. And the thing we learned, it was actually hard. There was like six months of us selling this and really getting nowhere. But the thing we, that finally clicked was that we're not going to figure this out by just analyzing people's booking histories or, or scanning HomeAway or Airbnb or anything like that. The core um, aspect that's going to make us successful, make our customers successful, is by learning and uh, working with, learning from our customers and working with them to understand their local market. Well, let's start off with the fact that I think your, you, you told me that your origin story was interesting. Your origin story is amazing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm on side with your mom. <laughs> uh you know if uh if if you've followed uh, you know cottage blogger and what i do you know that i'm mm-hmm. actually in business with my son mike and uh and he comes up with some crazy ideas but nothing like that one so, right right <laughs> so uh but but that but that was just that that's just gold that really is um i i love to hear of of people who've who've got this idea and have taken it to the next level and and particularly that you're you're working with the people that are really involved in the business and and know the all, all the pain points 
Mm-hmm. Um, ben, I know, is, I mean, he's, he's not just, you know, he's, he's the president of, of the Vacation Rental Managers Association, but he's also really deep into operational aspects of the business yeah. with Newman yeah. Daily and with his, with the, with the other um, company that he, he's involved in in California. Mm-hmm. So you, you've got an absolute star there. Um, yeah, no, he's, he's top notch. Yeah, too, too right. I mean, he's, he's, been, on, he's been on the show um, in, in the last six months, and I, I just love talking to him. And he, he, is just, a, he is a great voice for a podcast. I, huh? just, I was just going to say, just the accent itself. <laughs> <laughs> is, you know, I've had people say, you know, I, I, you know I, I'm not sure what he was talking about, but I just listened to his voice. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I always, I guess people don't like the sound of their own voice, but whenever I hear myself on like a podcast, I'm always like, oh man, I wish I had a, you know, a, a certain kind of voice. And there's certain people like, like Ben has that, right? Where you listen to him, you're like, ah, oh, it's great. Just, it just sounds good, you know? <laughs> it's that wonderful Southern, Southern drawl. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's great. So I sort of kicked off in the introduction to this, just talking about, you know, I, I sort of laid myself bare a little bit and said, I use expressions and I have done for years without really knowing what they mean. Right, And I've right. used expressions like, and I was saying to you earlier, like OTA, it took me many years before I want, I actually, I mean, I Googled it for ages and couldn't find the, the answer. <laughs> and, and it was so simple. Oh gosh, OTA, online travel agency. But I hadn't asked the question because I didn't want to sound like I was ignorant. I mean, after all, I am in the travel industry. Right, right. But then, That's something we've had to deal with too because, you know, for a while, we were supposed to be the experts on vacation rental pricing, and we were we were still figuring it out, and we had to ask a lot of questions that, you know, there was a, there was a lot to learn. Like when we showed up at at the Verma conference, and we were calling it the VRMA, and everybody else was calling it Verma, and I stick to the pronunciation VRMA. I think sounds better, but it was you know these little little things that you just you know cultural things. Uh, things that people assume you know that can take a while to really get caught up to speed. Yeah, I'm with you on VRMA. I've, I've, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the, the, the English in me. Mm. But, but, you know, so, so OTA was one. Um, mm-hmm. Yield management was one that, um, that has been on my radar for a while, and now dynamic pricing and revenue management, and then things like channel distribution. That's something, you know, right. a whole other thing. Um, so I've, I've learned these over time but I'm 100% immersed in the business day in, day out. Right, and, right. and I figure if I'm having issues, <laughs> then, you know, so, somebody who's perhaps got uh, or thinking about going into property management for the first time um, probably needs to get these things understood from the very outset. So what is it? What is dynamic pricing? Um, and I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this over to you to explain in – in the way that that makes it the easiest for people to understand. Sure. So instead of giving you a definition, you know, I'll do what we do when we, we talk to folks that are interested in hearing about the business. We say, let's not use any terms that might be confusing. Let's just state what the what's beneficial to them. You have a property or you know a collection of properties, and you have to set rates uh, for those properties with the goal of of either making the most money or making sure it's occupied as much as possible, you know, depending on your goals or some combination of the two. So the question is, how do you figure out those prices? And is there a way to figure out those prices and to update those prices regularly so you can achieve your goals? So 
The basic mechanic being, if you look at your own booking history, and then you look at what your competition's doing, and maybe a few other indicators, those are the, those are the big two, and you're able to update your prices regularly, you can choose the right price for what the market looks like to either maximize your revenue or, or maximize your occupancy or, or a bit of both. And that's, that's the benefit we're hoping to help with. Now, dynamic pricing is the sort of phrase that we, we use to encompass that idea. Uh, the reason we use it is because traditionally, uh, yield management would be the, the right way to say that. But we found when we looked at the vacation rental industry that most yield management tools didn't provide pricing guidance. What they did was they said, you are going to set prices depending on different aspects, like maybe you'll set an original a base rate or a seasonal rate, and then you'll want to vary that, maybe a discount if you're getting close to the date that you're trying to get booked and it hasn't gotten booked, or maybe you want to change the prices based on your overall collection of properties occupancy rate. And so you can set a bunch of rules and triggers up in these yield management tools. And we found that, well, that's different than what we're offering. Is we're actually saying this is the price that we think you should charge based on analyzing this stuff. So we started using dynamic pricing as a way to differentiate ourselves from some of the more traditional yield management tools. But both concepts are, are very similar broadly, and they really come to um, understanding the market to choosing uh, the right price for you. And, and is that the same as uh, revenue management? Is revenue management just a, a different way of, of talking about this, or is that something entirely different? Yeah, you know, it, it varies depending on, on who you speak with. Um, there might be more aspects that a revenue manage, uh, manager would deal with, like understanding your business and the ins and outs of it a little bit more, uh, in a little bit more detail. So not just setting the right price, but you know, knowing any fees that you charge and, and potentially what your costs are as well. So I would say, depending on who you ask, you, you'll get an answer, yes, they're the same thing, or no, they are different things. <laughs> oh, okay. So... Let's let's say um, I'm I'm a property manager. I've I've come to you and and mm -hmm. I, I and I want to explore this a bit further, but I, I really don't have a clue where to start. What what advice would you give me? The first thing I would ask is is how many properties you have, uh, because if you if you think about it, somebody who has let's say between three and and twenty properties. They have a very different understanding of what the market's doing than somebody who has, let's say, you know, 150 properties. And one of the main reasons is uh, sort of foundational to what a vacation home is. A vacation home is a residential home uh, that is typically a secondary home that, that's rented out more than two weeks a year. That's how the industry broadly defines it. But the key aspect here is that although you might think of this as hospitality that you're competing with hotels, you're, you're, you're the the offer you have is fundamentally a residential property. And residential properties are, for the most part, unique. Right? You do have resorts. You do, you do have a lot of similarities in, in certain parts of the market. But a lot of properties are these unique objects. So how can you know what to do when you just have a unique property? Think about what a hotel does. Right? A hotel might have 200 units. And they can say, oh, when a certain percentage of them are booked, we can compare uh, what that group did last year at this time and see if we're booking at the same pace or not. And they can do kind of uh, a collective comparison between this year and last year. And they can change prices. But if you only have a few properties, or if you're dealing with a residential property, it's hard to make that same comparison. So 
Now, if you have a small number of properties, it's really hard to know how to price. And if you have a large number of properties and you can cluster them together into similar properties, it's easier. But either way, you're still dealing with these residential properties that are harder to uh, understand, which are similar. Let's say, you know, I'm coming at you uh, from my perspective. I've got, mm-hmm. um, I've got nearly 200 properties. They are, they're very diversely located um, and they're, they're all very different. Sure. So, you know, it's, so that, they're, that's, they're that's not it. the cookie cutter, um, the cookie cutter properties that you might see in in Florida, where you know every villa it looks exactly the same. These these are very diverse. Does this work in this type of environment? Let's say you have two hundred properties. You could start grouping them based on certain aspects of them. So even though let's just just assume that all two hundred are fairly different from each other. Um, we can start looking at, well, number of bedrooms, right? Number of guests that it sleeps, the location, proximity to lakes or other important features. Um, so you can make a list of the questions people ask you when they're thinking about booking. You can make a list of the aspects that you've put on your listing site that you think are really definitive. And you could start grouping them like this. Uh, the other really important thing that I, I think is a, one of the hardest things is, is the quality of the place. So how do you, how do you, you can break that up and say, okay, let's go one, two, three, four, five stars and just go through the places, looking at the photos and and reading the descriptions of these places and try to be as honest as you can. And if you could break those 200 properties into 20 property types of 10 properties each, right, then you'd have these little baskets that you're looking at. So recognizing similarity between properties, even if it's not identical, just Forcing yourself to recognize some similarity is definitely the first step. Because once you have a basket of 10 properties, you can say, oh, look, I'm looking to book June 3rd or the week of June 3rd or the month, you know, month of June, depending on how you do pricing currently. And I am six months before then. Let me look last year, six months before June. What percentage of this 10 property basket was booked? Oh, six, six of the 10 were booked. And this year, only two of the 10 are booked. That's useful information for you then to adjust your prices down to make sure that you have the occupancy rate you want. So I would say the first thing you need to do is come up with some measure of similarity. And that can be really difficult depending on how attached you are to your property and how similar they actually are, right? Like the more similar they are, the easier this is. Yeah. And then I, from there, yeah, sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just, just going to say, yes, I've got that. So now I have my my um, 10 properties in 20 baskets or 20 properties in 10 baskets, not quite sure which one, but it really doesn't matter. So, so yeah, right. so ne- the, and and the next baskets. step. The Sorry? next step is to look at how quickly you're getting booked in comparison to last year. Right? So it's a little complicated to talk about, but it's a pretty simple idea. If you want to be at 80% or 90% or 100% occupancy, you know, whatever you have your, your goals set for, on a certain date, you have from now until that date to get there. Mm-hmm. And if you look last year at that same period of time, you'll see, okay, this is when they started getting booked. You can trend this up. And at some point, this is the percentage that end up getting booked. How does that curve, if you graph that out, compare to this year, how it's going so far? And you can use the difference between those two to adjust prices to try to either match that curve if you like what happened last year, exceed it if you don't like the outcome from last year, right? So 
that's the, the basic way you can use your own booking history to try to get better outcomes for, for yourself year on year. So that's the next step. Okay, and I can see, I can definitely see how, how that, would, that would work. I mean, we've seen year on year, obviously, that you know, the, there's different patterns in, mm-hmm. in each year. It's been sort of finger in the air stuff. You know, do you remember last year? It wasn't as busy as this. Right. Or last year, we, we had more bookings, didn't we? Than mm-hmm. we have now. So, so what we're saying here is, is, is we actually take the finger out of the air and, and some numbers behind it, right? Yeah, and create some data or pull that mm-hmm. data out and actually use it. And you can see this methodology doesn't work at all if you consider all your properties absolutely unique, mm-hmm. right? Because if you just have a single property in a basket, it either has gotten booked and then you don't need to worry about it anymore, or it hasn't and you have no information. Yeah. So. You need, you need that grouping of properties um, to, to make that work and to use your booking history. Okay, so that's, that's using internal data. Right. Um, that's, that's using internal data. And it's, it's some data that there are a bunch of various variables thing there. Like sometimes it's hard to know when maybe an owner reserved the property, right? So like do you have good records of that? There's the other side of it, knowing a little bit about fluctuations in demand locally, making a list of the top events that are happening, um, holidays, there's, there's weather. So there's, there's a lot to get into in terms of how you can just look internally with your local market knowledge. And I'm happy to go down that line too. But the next sort of segment of this is saying, okay, well, there's a lot of information coming from outside outside of your, you know, your company or your properties because you know, most uh, management companies and, of course, most owners represent a very small segment of the overall market. So from there, what you want to do is you want to know who you compete with. We call that comps. You know, the industry in general is a term we picked up from, from you know, the, the real estate industry. And it's, it's who you're competitive with. So the same way that you went and said what properties are similar within uh, my, my collection of properties, you can t- do the same methodology with an external collection. Like you could go on to uh, a marketplace or a listing site or one of your big competitors' sites, and you can go through and select all the properties that you think are similar. Not to your entire 200 properties, but you do it basket by basket. So now you maybe you have for each of your baskets of 10 or 20 properties, you have another 20 or 30 or 40 properties that are part of that larger comps basket. And <clears throat> there's a couple of things you can do. One is you can see what prices they're advertised at. And you can see, oh, is my basket advertised less or more? Uh, you you want to make sure that your, your competitive basket, your comps, uh, have a similar quality. That's really important. Um, but you can kind of get a sense of if your pricing is just totally off or, or decently placed. Mm-hmm. And then you can also see how they vary their prices. Uh, you can see maybe they notice events collectively that you might not notice, or they know about certain market, market indicators that you might not notice. And so it's, it's a great way to calibrate yourself to what the market's doing. I think we take it one step further at SmartHost, because like right now our major selling point is that we let you know what your competition's doing, and we can provide that external window as opposed to you having to collect the comps. But the thing that we do, and that we recommend folks do, but it's difficult, is to track occupancy among your comps. So if you know... Similar to how you were comparing your bookings against a year ago, 
You can also do that with your competitive set and say, oh, look, they're at 80% and last year they were at 70% and their prices are higher or lower. And you can compare your comps percentage occupied to yours. So you can say, okay, well, they're at 60 or 70% and I'm at 80% and I'm priced uh, lower than them. So maybe I, I, my prices should be a little higher because we still have three months to go. And according to my pace from last year, I can get up to 80% by then. There's a lot of subtlety there, and it is difficult. And that's one of the reasons we decided to start with Analyze Your Comps. And, and the other question that people have is, well, how would I do this on my own? Like, how do I know what my competition is booking? And, you know, you really have to... I mean, I, I know folks who call their competition on the phone anonymously and ask them questions that give them information um, or that actually scan, you know, public listing sites like HomeAway, um, you know, and VRBO and Flipkey and Airbnb and, and Booking.com and, and see what's available for specific days or date ranges. Um, it's, I mean, obviously all this stuff is very complicated and you could spend the whole, you could spend multiple lifetimes working on improving your, your ability to do it. But that's kind of the, the framework, at least, for thinking through this. Uh, and, and, you know, that, that's, that's what we've been doing for the past sort of 10 or 12 years, <laughs> is, is just scanning other websites. And, mm-hmm. and, and we do, you know, checking uh, availability calendars. And, but it's, right. it's a, well, it's a, it gets a little bit out of hand after a while. And it, it's, it's like getting bogged down in Facebook. You know, you, mm-hmm. just, you just spend hours doing this when when your time could actually be far more usefully spent elsewhere so so right. so what smart host does is actually does this automatically rather than you know taking all that manual work away you got it so we've we've talked about um uh, property management companies mm-hmm. is is this just for rental managers with multiple properties or or can this work you know, can it be used effectively for, for an owner of, of, let's say, one, two, three or four properties? It depends on the owner, right? So if an owner, maybe an owner is listening to this podcast and is, is trying to improve their revenue, uh, it definitely, definitely can be useful for them. Uh, you know, one thing that's a little difficult to ferret out is if, uh, if an owner isn't taking their, their business too seriously, they're on the market, they're, they're either getting booked a lot or not, depending on their pricing, you know, they might not be representative of what the market's doing. So it's something we struggle with to, to figure out sort of the percentage of owners that do take this seriously. But if, if you take this seriously and you want to increase your revenue, you absolutely can. And I think the, the hardest part for owners is that that first step where you have those baskets, that doesn't exist, right, if you only have one or two or three properties. So you immediately have to look out for your competition. Um, and that means the data that you have the most easy access to, it, you have the smallest amount of. So it, it does make it more difficult because you just have less data. And it, you can imagine if you're trying to price well, the more data you have on what the market's doing, the easier it's going to be for you. So, yeah, I, I would say you would have to spend more time focused on your competition uh, and, and really uh, measure yourself against them. But it is more difficult when you don't have that visibility. Mm-hmm. Well, I do know the majority of people that listen to this podcast are, are serious owners. That's, mm-hmm, that's for mm-hmm. sure. And, and most go from just one property. Um, and, and I find it quite surprising that maybe, you know, a year on, they've now got eight or 10 right. or, or, you know, they've started their own property management company. So, uh, you know, I know from experience that when, when you start out, you've got to start out as you mean to go on because mm-hmm. making a change a year in or a year on 
is is far more difficult than doing it from the very outset. Yeah, so I would say in, in terms of that, number one, keep good records. All the tools that we spoke about, the folks that are creating the data need to keep good records. So if you want to know what you did last year and how it, how it, how it felt, what its function was, what value got out of it, you have to keep good records. And um, I would say from there, knowing what your competition is doing is, is really valuable. And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know, it you know, depends on the, on the people, what relationships they have, but if there are, you know, owners in a certain area uh, and they can say, hey, I'm going to, uh, let's say, you know, I, I know a lot of owners obviously rely more on the marketplaces, but find, you know, 10 or 20 properties that are similar to mine on the marketplace that I predominantly use and I'm going to, you know, once a week see which properties are booked and keep a tally of it, you know, uh, it's the kind of thing that could only take you an hour once a week and be very valuable. Um, maybe, uh, for, you know, we, one thing we haven't spoken about all is a uh, rate calendar. So, you know, the, you know, most folks have seasonal rates, maybe weekend rates, depending on how they do things. There's obviously holiday rates, um, but we recommend nightly rates. So that might be a little much for an owner to, to do. You know, having the weekly rates might be a little uh, simpler for them. But they can know about holidays and events uh, that can, for those periods, change what their minimum night stay is. That, that is great ad- advice um, for, for somebody who just has that one property mm-hmm. to, you know, to, to start out and do these things from the very beginning. I know from my own personal experience way, way back when I just had my own properties and I had four or five at one time, before mm-hmm. we went into this business, that I didn't do this. I didn't keep the records. I didn't have right. any, any clue what my competition was doing because I had no idea about how to find that out. Though having said that, Evan, you know, in those days, it wasn't as <laughs> as visible as it is mm-hmm. now. You know, we, we, we were still advertising in paper uh, catalogs. So the, there was no real way of knowing what the competition, you know, whether they whether they were booked and and what they were charging and if they were changing their rates. So yeah, data data is way more available now than it's that's ever been before, right? Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. But uh, you know, I love I love those uh, those ideas of you know maybe do a monthly check of, mm-hmm. of of your competition and how they've booked out, and particularly you know we we all have these these periods where you know it's not just high season or low season. There's there's periods where you're going to get more people coming to town. I mean, just look at Austin for South by Southwest, you know, just, just that one, that, that event. Well, I spoke to a property manager in Austin who I think made a third or half, I, for, I forget, it was a while ago, a third of his overall money uh, the week of South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. We're, yeah, wherever we are, we have, we have events that happen. I mean, it could be just a, a triathlon mm-hmm. <laughs> weekend. Um, but it's it's knowing what to do and who's coming and who's who's coming for that event and um, and of course how yeah, much- in terms of in terms of monitoring events you know one thing that you can also do depending on your market is monitor hotel prices now it depends on your home so your home might fit the demographic that goes to a hotel in terms of your number of people uh, and sometimes your home doesn't so it really depends on a lot of details but if you can imagine somebody choosing between your home and a hotel, and often for an owner, that's hard to imagine, even if it's true. Um, you could look at hotel prices. At the very least, you know, hotels are, are probably more aware of what events, both internal to your local area and external, are, are driving prices. 
you know, you've you've really explained this so well. Um, I have a Thank you. I have a much better <laughs> idea of what this is. I, I could actually, I think, almost go out and now explain it to other people. Which that's that's the final test, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What else would you like to uh, to add, Evan? That we haven't um, we haven't discussed. I would say you, you know this this might go without saying, or this might be a, a little bit outside of the the pricing side of things. But in terms of helping folks uh, make more money, list on as many places as you can. You know, uh, really every distribution channel, meaning every place that your property can be seen, uh, means there are more eyeballs looking at that, at that property and considering inquiring about it and eventually staying there. And so that's, uh, you know, that's an easy way to increase your revenue. And you know, the number of inquiries you have, when you can shoot that up, you can increase your price and still get the same number of bookings. So that's, uh, that's, a, that's a really important aspect of all this. Yeah, that, that, that's a good point. And you know, that, that sort of comes back to my initial thing about not knowing years ago what channel distribution was. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so I'll, I'll probably cover that in, a, in another episode. I don't want to take people off into, um, uh, into any more complexity Um, because if, if they want to know more, they can obviously contact you. So how do they, how do they do that? Sure. So I'll say two things. One is our company is called smart host. If you go to smarthost.me, you'll find us. We don't have smarthost.com yet. So don't go there. It's like, uh, it's not really being used, but it's not us. So it's smarthost.me. Uh, you know, of course, if you search for us, we come up, um, you can also email me. My name's Evan Hammer, and it's Evan, E-V-A-N, at smarthost.me. And, uh, yeah, happy to chat with anybody, give them advice, you know, of course, show them our product and uh, help them make more money. Well, I think I'm going to be the first on the phone. Sounds, sounds like a plan, Heather. <laughs> Evan, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk with you, and, uh, and I'm sure, be, sure we'll be talking again soon. Sounds, sounds good. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a, been a lot of fun. Well, you're in the know now. You know what dynamic pricing is. It, uh, yeah, really quite simple, really. You know, it's one of those things. If I knew then what I know now, I think our business would have been a lot more successful. But then we can all say that, can't we? You know, hindsight is a wonderful thing. I'm certainly planning on moving into 2016 in a much more analytical way making sure that, that we start looking at, at, at what Evan called comps, at the comparables, looking at what our competition is doing, looking at their pricing, looking at what's happening in the, in the area. Is, you know, are, are there events taking place that will bring more people in? I mean, I know last year, and I'm, we, I think we really missed an opportunity last year because we had the Pan Am Games in Toronto. There were some events going on in some of the areas where our properties were. And we didn't take that opportunity to do some pricing adjustments. I don't know, part of me thought, well, you know, I don't, it almost feels like gouging. But actually, it's not. Every travel company does. It's what hotels do. It's what resorts do. You adjust, you know, you adjust your pricing for, this, for the school holidays. Why shouldn't you do it for different events as well? Yeah, I'm going to be taking a much more analytical approach. 
and uh, um, obviously we'll be reporting back to you. So I hope you enjoyed that uh, interview with uh, with Evan. I think he he made it pretty clear what uh, what it's all about. And uh, I want you to hop on over to the show notes because in the show notes I have uh, a lot more detail following a demo I did of the smart host resource, software, app, whatever we call it, and uh, trying to apply it to my business. So in the show notes, I'm explaining a little bit more about how uh, how it would work for a company like mine, um, having seen the demo. So I'd love you to go on over there and have a look. Uh, cottageblogger.com, you can't miss it. If you've got a comment to make, then just, just put it down in the uh, comment section underneath the show notes. And, uh, and either Evan or Nick, who did the demo with me, is going to come along and answer that for you. Once again, an absolute pleasure to be with you. And I look forward to talking with you again very, very soon. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over. But don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.